last words. Charles got up and opened the door leading to their fenced-in half-acre yard, a block from the sound in old Greenwich. In a flash, Toby bolted out onto the patio, his nose fixed to the scent of some unsuspecting rabbit or squirrel. Immediately, the dog began his high-pitched yelp. Karen scrunched the pillow over her head and growled, Ugh. That's how every day began. Charles trudging into the kitchen, turning on CNN and a pot of coffee, the dog barking outside, then going into his study and checking the European spots online before hopping into the shower. That morning, the spots didn't offer much cheer. $72.10, they had continued to decline. Charles did a quick calculation in his head. Three more contracts he'd be forced to sell out. Another couple of million gone. It was a little after 6 a.m., and he was already underwater. Outside, Toby was in the middle of a nonstop three-minute barrage. In the shower, Charles went over his day. He had to reverse his positions. He had these oil sand contracts to clear up, then a meeting with one of his lenders— was it time for him to come clean? He had a transfer to make into his daughter Sam's college account. She'd be a senior at high school in the fall. That's when it hit him. Shit. He had to take in the goddamn car this morning. The 15,000-mile service on the Merck. Karen had finally badgered him into making the appointment last week. That meant he'd have to take the train in. It would set him back a bit. He'd hoped to be at his desk by 7.30 to deal with these positions. Now Karen would have to pick him up at the station later that afternoon. Dressed, Charles was usually in rush mode by now. The 6.30 wake-up shout to Karen, a knock on Alex's and Samantha's doors to get them rolling for school, looking over the Wall Street Journal's headlines at the front door. This morning, thanks to the car, he had a moment to sip his coffee. They lived in a warm, refurbished colonial on an affluent tree-lined street in the town of Old Greenwich, a block off the Sound. Fully paid for, the damn thing was probably worth more than Charles's father, a tie salesman from Scranton, had earned in his entire life. Maybe he couldn't show it like some of their big-time friends in their mega-homes out on North Street, but he'd done well. He'd fought to get himself into Penn from a high school class of 700, distinguished himself at the energy desk at Morgan Stanley, steered a few private clients away when he'd opened his own firm, Harbor Capital. They had a ski house in Vermont the kids' college paid for, took fancy vacations. So what the hell had he done wrong? Outside, Toby was scratching at the kitchen's French doors, trying to get back in. All right, all right, Charles sighed. Last week, their other Westie, Sasha, had been run over right on their quiet street, directly in front of their house. It had been Charles who found her, bloodied, inert. Everyone was still upset. And the note? The note that came to his office in a basket of flowers the very next day, that had left him in such a sweat and brought on these dreams? Sorry about the pooch, Charles. Could your kids be next? How the hell had it gotten this far? He stood up and checked the clock on the stove. 6.45. With any luck, he figured, he could be out of the dealership by 7.30, catch a ride to the 7.51, be at his desk at 49th Street and 3rd Avenue 50 minutes after that, figure out what to do. 
He let in the dog, who immediately darted past him into the living room with a yelp and out the front door, which Charles had absentmindedly failed to shut. Now he was waking up the entire neighborhood. The little bastard was more work than the kids. Karen, I'm leaving, he yelled, grabbing his briefcase and tucking the journal under his arm. Kiss, kiss, she called back, wrapped in her robe, dashing out of the shower. She still looked sexy to him, her caramel-colored hair still wet and a little tangled from the shower. Karen was nothing if not beautiful. She had kept her figure toned and inviting from years of yoga. Her skin was still smooth, and she had those dreamy, grab-you-and-never-let-you-go brown eyes. For a moment, Charles regretted not rolling over to her back in bed once Toby had flown the coop and given them the unexpected opportunity. But instead, he just yelled up something about the car that he'd be taking in the Metro North that maybe he'd call her later and have her meet him on the way home to pick it up. Love you, Karen called over the hum of the hairdryer. You too.